Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Sir, sir, you can't come in here smelling like that. <laughs> I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 45 of Jurassic World. But before we get into that, David, going over to Jurassic-pedia.com, we've got a brand new article up, Bicycle Claw on Manticorp, the fictional company brought up in Camp Cretaceous. And not a lot known. Hopefully we get a little bit more of it in either Season 2 of Camp Cretaceous coming out in a few months' time, or Dominion coming out in over a year's time. <laughs> we discussed this one a little bit with Jay when we were talking about um, the recap with Camp Cretaceous. I do know that uh, some people did think it was actually Manticore, not Manticorp. And the other thing is is that I think it's interesting that they came up with their own um, own bioengineering company when there are a couple, I think, or at least one or two that are name-dropped in the prologue of Jurassic Park, the novel, that aren't um, Biosyn or InGen. Hmm. Basically, Biosyn and InGen were the Microsoft versus Apple of the genetics and of the genetics companies yeah but of course we've also got the android and the blackberry out there well, i don't think blackberry exists anymore but <laughs> the other the other companies as well and i don't i can't remember back to where um the auctioneers telling mills some of the uh behind this well explaining who some of the people are that are getting dropped off at the bottom of the stairs at lockwood estate for the auction but i'm pretty sure there's there is one pharmaceutical company there as well. I don't know if they'd actually name, but everyone's trying to get their hands on this tech, and Manticorp just is another uh, another one building the uh, Jurassic World even even larger. So yeah, good little write up on that bicycle claw, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff getting done for Camp Cretaceous on Jurassic Dashpedia at the moment. Um, character bios and everything being uh, fully flushed out as well. So head over, check them out, and um, yeah, I need to watch Camp Cretaceous game. <laughs> yeah, this was this was the other one, uh, Genentech. That was Genentech. the third company mentioned in the novel. Yep. yep. I'm sure we're going to get more than just Bison and that in Dominion. There's going to be, as um as Will was complaining about in Fallen Kingdom, there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of other companies, mm. either either making dinosaurs or doing some sort of consumer products based on them.
I need to see a badge. Sir, sir, what I the hell happened out there? Sir. There are thermal cameras all over that paddock. She did not just disappear. It must have been some kind of a technical malfunction. Were you not watching? She marked up that wall as a distraction. She wanted us to think she escaped. Hold on, we are talking about an animal here. A highly intelligent animal. 400 meters to the beacon. Good to go in a minute 45. Yep. As we're in a minute 44 of Jurassic World, we got our one and only shot of the Cretaceous cruise. As guests paddled their kayaks down the river, getting up close and personal with some of the local dinosaurs. As we continue in a minute 45, we leave the river behind and see an AMG 66 and a Mercedes Vito van tearing through the jungle along a dirt track. At the five second mark we cut back to the control room and see the ACU troopers vitals up on the screen along with several camera feeds. At the seven second mark the lift doors to the control room beep and Owen walks in looking very angry. He asks Claire what the hell happened out there? There are thermal cameras all over that paddock. She did not just disappear. As he starts to yell, the guard grabs him, stopping him from moving any closer to Claire. Claire sighs and says it must have been some sort of technical malfunction. The two go back and forth, pretty much describing what just happened in the anomalous Rex paddock. At the 33 second mark, Vivian cuts in, 400 metres to the beacon. Now everyone turns and looks again at the vitals and the camera feeds on the wall as ACU arrive on site. At the 44 second mark we cut back to the two vehicles as the troopers disembark and form up behind the 6x6. They move off into the jungle as one, heading for their target. As the minute ends we cut back to the control room as no one sees all this on the monitors and realises you're going after with non-lethals? And this ends minute 45 of Jurassic World. On a muddy road beside the Jungle River, uh, we get the Mercedes AMG 66 here, roaring past the camera, followed by a very lost-looking Mercedes Vito van, um, <laughs> and they're off to somewhere in a hurry. <laughs> um, it's an odd little convoy. Both vehicles couldn't be further apart, and particularly the, uh, the ability. You've got the 66 there, which is off-road, much like the Jeeps in uh, Jurassic mm -hmm. Park. And then you've got the... Uh, we've got eight ACU troopers, so four in each vehicle. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, the Vito must have some weapons and other stuff in the back of it as well. Um, but it'd be, it'd be very similar to the, to the Explorer and the Jeep driving through the jungle here. Just <laughs> The Vito yeah. can't go anywhere near as far in the, uh, in the jungle as what the uh, 6x6 can, but... Um, mm. Of course, it's tricked out a lot like the Mercedes from The Lost World with barred windows and a, um armored front grille with the overhead lights. Mm. And again, we've seen a lot of that vehicle in production and marketing leading up to the film. Like it was in one of the displays as well next to that um, the destroyed Jeep 18 or 29. I whatever. think it was, you're right. Yeah, yep. So it just giving us this little bit of a Lost World feeling in amongst... Uh, in amongst this Jurassic World film as well, which we're going to get a lot more when uh, ACU get on site as well. <laughs> but we cut to the map in the control room again. Uh, we've got eight troopers' names and life signs on the screen, as well as uh, two external cameras on the 66 and two internal camera feeds 
uh, each of the four feeds has that uh, that little timer ticking away at the bottom again. So I think it's safe to assume now that they're recording this, um, much like the mm-hmm. other feeds that we've seen in the control room so far. Yeah, this is honestly probably one of my favorite just sequences in the in the movie here, just because we get that classic off-road Jurassic uh, stuff with the uh, with the off-road vehicles going down the dirt road here. And we can we see them entering the forest, and then we get on the camera feed an exterior shot and an in, in a uh, front hood shot of the um, vehicles making their way down this road. Mm. <laughs> I love this. I love these minutes <laughs> of this film. <laughs> we also get uh, my favorite part about, or my I'm sorry, my favorite moment here is this is the start here with the. Uh, Trucks going down the road up to the Indominus Slaughter, mm. which of course is played for laughs in Camp Cretaceous, where we uh, see where they open up the uh, cabinet full of radios, only to hear the screaming. <laughs> yes, yep. The eight, uh, the eight troopers here. Of course, we've got Hamada, uh, Craig, Lee, Mayers, Austin, Miller, Spears, and Cooper. Um, so they're the uh, sacrificial lambs that are going after the Indominus. I'm pretty sure we lose all of them too. Uh, we cut to the control room doors as the elevator pings and Owen walks into the room looking very annoyed. Uh, not so much uh, soaked from the fuel slash oil from previous <laughs> minutes, but uh, he definitely hasn't changed his shirt, I'll say that, or his vest. <laughs> uh, guard approaches. Question. Yep. So how many times does Trevorrow use this shot here of people being revealed be- behind opening elevator doors because that seems to happen a lot in this movie <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen a lot that. it's going to happen a lot more when hoskins and injun get on the scene too because they they come out exactly the exactly. same way <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there's no elevators in dominion <laughs> Uh, we were, we only get really the one shot in uh, in Fallen Kingdom of Claire in the elevator to mir- sort of mirror her first appearance in the elevator in this film, mm-hmm. and the uh, the shot of the heels missing, <laughs> which we really needed in that film. But uh, I don't know. I suppose when it's the only access point to the control room, there's only so much you could sort of do in in the room. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I mean, you can come up with a different entrance for a character other than the elevator. I'm not physically, but I'm talking like in, in, in the start of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you could always have the scene just start with them there or, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose you'd have to have another set if you're going to have the, the other side of the elevator, wherever it goes to, if you're seeing him walk into or the elevator. Least, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, or at least showing them walking into the, or the building or the, ele- or into the elevator or something, you know, I mean, we only really ever see the lobby, or, I'm sorry, not the lobby, the, um, the doors of the visitor center really twice. We see it when the um, kids walk through it, and then we see when they run, when the group runs out of it at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but you could easily have have them walk in, and then obviously they're going to the elevator and cut the heat out there in the control room. Um, mm-hmm. just, just, to spray, just to space out these <laughs> elevator entrance shots a little bit more. But the, uh, the guard approaches him saying, I need to see your badge. And uh, 
again, like we've talked before about wondering why this guard's here at the top of the lift and not at the other end to stop people being able to get in the <laughs> lift. But obviously, you, you I think that would, I mean, like with most most places, they require a badge just to just to get into the elevator. Yeah, I mean, mm. at least that's how that's been my experience with most security in buildings that have elevators. Is at the beginning you get the um, the metal detector, which of course they wouldn't have because it's a theme park. But you get the metal <laughs> detector, the badge scan, and then you get into the elevator and go up. Hmm. You know. Yeah, and we don't know the rest of the building. Obviously, there's, there might be par- park staff needing access to other levels. But even then, have a keypad or somewhere to s- swap your badge in the or keycard in the elevator so you can go to air quotes level six or <laughs> go go to that extra level where the control room is um, or sub level well, two. That's how it was in yeah. That's how it was in the novel. They in fact it becomes a plot point because the kids get after they reboot the system end up getting locked out of the visit out of the uh, not the visitor center but out of the administrative level of the visitor center hmm. and then they have to go back and find uh one of the dead guards and steal his key card so they can continue moving through the building yeah yep also mentioned before his uh shirt being pretty dry it, i wonder how he got back from the paddock <laughs> because if everyone fled <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay there's probably vehicles there he could get in a vehicle um, and get back, but just a little bit more of that uh, jumping time and space to get from one spot to another. Uh, but I love mm-hmm. you too. We, uh, we do a big jump here later yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yep. But I do love how Owen ignores him, and the guard just says, sir, I need to see a badge, and Owen continues to <laughs> ignore, ignore him and walk. His uh, focus is straight on Claire. And the ice says, what the hell happened out there? There are thermal cameras all over that paddock. She did not just disappear. <laughs> um, and by now the guards got in front of him and stopped him, but Owen stopped. Uh, and not going any further, and Claire sort of looks away, uh, a little bit of look of sadness on her face, and sighs and turns to face him. It must have been some kind of technical malfunction. So, not really giving up much here. Owen asks... Uh, were you not watching? She marked up that wall as a distraction. She wanted us to think she escaped. And Angry Owen is some of my favourite parts in the film as well. <laughs> he, he plays the angry side of things uh, well. Yeah, Yeah. Well, again, I mean, thinking back to this uh, character being played by Josh Brolin, I could imagine this um, delivery being very akin to this in a stern, kind of angry, though, with... Um, Josh Brolin, you're also getting more gravelly and older voice. Mm. And in both scenes, I don't think you'd have the security guard stepping away from Owen like he does here. Um, he just sort of walks away where Owen's sort of on the brink of yelling at Claire about what had just happened. Um, I think you'd stay be between the two of them, especially would if it was Josh Brolin playing the, the scene as well. But uh, in Claire's defence... She wasn't watching what happened on the screen. She was in a car driving back to the control room, so she didn't see what happened in the in the, in the Indominus paddock. Uh, luckily for her, but Claire says, "Continue, uh, hold on. We're talking about an animal here." And Owen says, "A very a highly intelligent animal." And that's where uh, Vivian speaks up to change the subject. 400 meters to the beacon. So a little bit of a hint there that ACU is getting close to where they need to be, and that's when we finally see Masrani mm-hmm. still here and uh, everyone turning to look at the screens. 
we cut back up to those screens and the image of the ACU team members, um, something that's taken out of a lot of horror movies and even I uh, love the... Uh, it's a little of use in the, the Lost World PS2 game too of just the, the uh, life signs and the, the footage of uh, the team members with their on-body cameras. Uh, obviously, Aliens is probably the big one where it's probably come from mostly. Mm. Well, I was thinking that. It was, it's funny because... I was thinking how um, how the security guard keep trying keeps trying to pull away Owen is similar to an avatar. How the security guard keeps pulling away uh, Sigourney Weaver when she when she confronts uh, Stephen Lang's character, mm. and then that reminded me again of Aliens. This shot here of the um, life signs uh, and paired with footage, some of it looking like it's directly from these um, ACU team guys themselves, because there's one here that looks like it's a first-person point of view looking out into the front windshield of the 6x6. Mm. Yeah. Have you um, have you been keeping up with The Mandalorian Season 2? Yes. Not to, uh, not to go into any spoilers, but there's... Um... There's some real love for aliens out there at the moment. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, <laughs> this. This is a few years old now, obviously Jurassic World, but uh, yeah, there's still even stuff now in uh, Mandalorian season two where there is someone on that set or someone in production that uh, is an alien fan, an aliens fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I did not care for that part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. Um, which is weird now. And this here we go tangenting. Um, just started seeing on <laughs> Facebook some of the Facebook ads of people making the actual face hugger face masks and that. I've seen that too. Some, some. Okay, it's just a, a photo. It's been printed onto fabric, but some that uh, look quite intricate. And I don't think I could do that. Even for Halloween, I don't think I could do that. That just brings back all sorts of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not only that, but I mean, a lot of it looks like it's made out of latex rubber, and that does not breathe at all, at all, at all. <laughs> Anybody who's worn a Halloween mask for a night knows how much latex rubber does not breathe. <laughs> you come across someone passed out in the ground, face hugger on their face. It's okay. Oh, they, just, they, go, just, they just passed out. <laughs> I'm getting my flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll walk away. Walk away, not, not going near you. But that's, uh, we cut back to the jungle as a 6x6 drives through a small puddle um, of water, which I thought was a puddle of water, but in the next scene we see it's actually driving into a small stream in the jungle, um, one that must run back into that jungle river we seen earlier. But it's a bit of a weird shot. It looks like it's going off-road here, but then as we cut, uh, we actually cut to a road where the 6x6 pulls to a stop and the doors open and out stops, uh, steps Hamada with a stern look at his face. Yeah. On these kind of jungle roads, though, I mean, especially on these back roads like this, you get these streams cutting across the roads all the time. There's, when you go up to Fern Canyon, where they filmed Deidre's death scene in The Lost World, there's a number of streams that you have to cross on your vehicle to get to the park, to get uh, to up to there. There's actually two parking lots. There's one about a mile down the road from the location, and a second one that's much closer. Of course, 
the second one you have to drive through several streams and being in a small Chevy sedan I was un- I wasn't going to take the chance <laughs> of trying to cross some of the deeper looking streams and I uh, there's a couple of people with SUVs who look like they didn't want a chance it either mm. <laughs> so I think I made the the smart decision just to park and uh, walk that mile <laughs> yeah well you know if, if someone in a four wheel drive doesn't want to go through then there's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't risk it um, all the uh, all the troops arm up as they assemble beside the 66 and start walking into the jungle with their guns up and even in in the theater when i seen this seeing one of them carrying a net launcher just it seems comical it, i don't i don't understand it <laughs> i mean it does evoke images of kenner toy days so i mean i suppose i do have some nostalgia for it that lets me accept it you know if they released a ACU soldier trooper or whatever with a net launcher, like the old style capture gear, it would be good. But I think the only real net launch we got was a Pteranodon and Masrani in the helicopter Lego set. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like uh, that's Hasbro blowing the or uh, screwing us over there. I think. Mm. Fortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know why Mattel can't sort of go back and start doing doing runs of figures from the different movies and, yeah, just fill in that gap from Jurassic World. I imagine as a point of professionalism, there's toes that don't that Mattel doesn't want to step on yeah. just as to keep that relationship amicable. But at the same time, there's so much that I wish they would go back and redo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you've mentioned before about not having a wallet anymore. If, if some of the stuff was getting made, we'd start complaining that we didn't have enough money to buy everything. But uh, as the minute ends, we cut back to control room here as we um, get Owen, Owen, Owen realising in horror, uh, you're going after with non-lethals. <laughs> he, he can't believe it. Um, but we'll get into more of that next minute. Uh, Dave, anything on that before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Uh, the AC transport zoomed past the river, leaving a trail of dust behind it. Uh, the men inside ter- determined to stop the Indominus before it go- gets anywhere near these park visitors. And as Owen and Masrani are watching the feeds, uh, Masrani says, Such bravery in the face of danger. I'd go with them if I could. And Masrani shoots... But uh, Larry shoots Masrani a doubtful look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that was that wasn't in the film. <laughs> I do, but I mean, at the same time, it does kind of. It doesn't work as well as the general going into battle with you line that he says in the helicopters, which I really kind of liked. Mm. But I mean, it does kind of sound like that's where they're going for. But I'm glad yeah. they kept the other line. This one is much worse. <laughs> yeah, well, it sort of would sort of show that he's he's anxious to get out there, if he could go out there and help, but maybe not seeing a way he can help for that. But then later on when we get to the helicopter, well, hey, we can't find the instructor anywhere. You're the only other... You're the only other person on this island that is half capable of flying a helicopter. <laughs> so, so it's time <laughs> Which... to shine seems doubtful because they offer helicopter tours yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Unless, yeah, uh, the pilots maybe on the mainland, wherever this helicopter is stored at night, whether it's flying to the island and doing tours or what, however all that works, but we'll get to it. That's in a few minutes' time. <laughs> and Owen says you're going after her with tasers. So a little bit of a different line there in the novel than in the film, but that's uh, that's it for minute 45. Dave, anything else on that before we get heavy for the day? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, lovely.